Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I am Steve Finley. Why? Now that I have to read that off my phone. I don't know who Steve Finley is. Steve Finley. Is that the guy that choked you out at jujitsu? He's actually not. This is a Disney reference. You know Steve, Firetruck Steve. Oh, yeah. From Disneyland. I don't. It's nearly impossible to talk about the fire engine without mentioning longtime attraction host Steve and quote Steve Finley. (laughs) Steve got his start at the Disneyland Resort in 1973 working at Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant and has served as beloved driver of the fire engine for the past 40 years. Nowadays, he can often be found handing out stickers to young riders and James (laughs) or sounding the fire engine's immediately recognizable horn. He's one of the like handful of old timers that drive the engine in the mornings that's cool yeah he's great steve Vin. Uh, every time Finley. we've been there we've seen him crazy 40 years of doing that yeah he's a legend the sticker right here i know the sticker that's currently on your laptop that one he gave it to me it says <laughs> disneyland <laughs> junior firefighter <laughs> with a little mickey with a fire helmet oh my gosh this is such a fanboy mm-hmm I've ran up there. He was handing out stickers to children. Yeah. He's like, can I have one? And I just put my hand out. He's like, can I have one? He's like, yeah. Here you go, little slugger. Yeah. Here you go, grown ass man. Hey, buddy, is your mom okay with you taking a sticker from me? It was funny because we were with mom and dad. It was me and Ash with mom and dad. So it did actually look like you were just a little bit special. A little boy. Hey, mom, 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 tugging on her. I'm going to ride in the fire truck. <laughs> ride in the fire truck. Well, welcome back to the best podcast ever. Um, we hope you're having a good week. My face feels like someone punched it repeatedly over and over and over. It wasn't me. It was actually, in reality, a, a larger fella, and he his name is Buck. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask you if it was Buck, but then yeah. you said Steve Finley, and I was no. like, that's funny that you're giving his last name on the podcast. And let's see if I can describe this to non-jujitsu people. He was in what's called side control top. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm flat on my back, useless. He's on top, but like like a plus sign. Okay. And he gets me in what's called a gift wrap, where my <laughs> now he's taking my arm away and just like hugging my arm. And now he's choking me with my arm on one side <laughs> and then put his fist oh, in yeah. my other side of my neck and just squeezed. And now, what do you know? My neck hurts really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. And of course, the way James works is... It can't possibly just be that. Nope. It's got to be some cancer, neurological or, damage. Or He's tooth got. Pain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> he opened the door to me today and had an ice pack on his face. I was like, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> hey. Weirdo. So that's what's going on. Um, how are you doing, sir? I'm great. Good. Yeah. Had today good? off. Just been doing the soccer mom thing this morning, and yeah, poor Katie had to do soccer in this miserable weather yeah speaking of which it's <laughs> just in it's 95 and cloudy at not disneyland <laughs> and very soupy we'll add a soupy to that yeah and it's 86 and sunny at disneyland also can i just say that there's no wind yeah. it is stagnant yeah i very stagnant yeah it's it's like being in an instant pot it's Ugh. just steamy and still hey this is not florida you know? No, it's not, but it is freaking humid right now. If this I was, was Florida, it would rain and then feel better. Right. But that's not what's going to happen. I would have air conditioning. Yeah. Also, so. if it is this kind of weather, I expect there to be gators nearby. Hell if yeah. There aren't alligators and it's like this. I mean, speaking of gators point? in Florida, we're going to Walt Disney World again. Yeah, we are. January. Woo-hoo. Dude, it's happening. The three of us and Michelle. So good. And three days at the park? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. We'll hit them all. Basically everything but Magic Kingdom. Because. Yep. Yeah. Don't need I, it. Whatever. It's fine. It's, it's good. fine. I, no, it's I'm not fine. saying I wouldn't go. I just oh, don't totally. want to spend another day we're just, we're and just, more money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have to Animal Kingdom, Epcot, those two especially. Mm-hmm. My gosh. I'm so excited to have a full day at each one of those. I know, man. And we have the new Guardians ride that just <gasps> opened. And Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. 
Holy moly. And probably other stuff we don't and know anything about because we don't space follow space restaurant it. that opened that Michelle was talking about. Yeah. Very, very excited. I know I was I was like really putting my myself in Epcot last night. Remember I told you, was like, I'm like there right now. <laughs> and I'm just so excited. Like, I can't wait to go back. Just losing my mind. Here's a little fact for you. You know the... What do you call it, Ash? The nard? Yeah, the nard. The dangling nard. Jim McMillan. The one ball. Yeah, the one ball. It's actually called Spaceship Earth something. Yep. Something like that. That was it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Spaceship Earth something is the name. Anyway, the little... um, The design, it's like a bunch of triangles. Mm -hmm. If you look... So... The word on the street is you gonna that quote one... your source. What's that? You gonna quote your source? Who was my source? Oh, it was Provo Prov... Provost Park Pass. Yeah, the YouTube channel. He did a little like five tips you need to know about Epcot. Anyway, when it rains, people will stand under that, and there's no drips. People aren't getting wet. You'd think that it would funnel down. And there'd yeah, be tons of water. Um, and the reason for that is because if you look closely, there's black lines in between all those triangles that are actually a very clever water collection system. No way. And so rain will go into these little rivets. And then if you look, cl- like there's a ball in the middle of those triangles and that sends water to the lagoon That's in Epcot. cool. So it's just like this rainwater recycling thing. We're going to do a That's big amazing. old thing about all of the like cool systems one day. But Oh, we have to. It's, yeah. I love that. I, I know. know. It, it really is what separates those parks from other places. So cool. It would be actually really funny if they didn't have that and all the water was just like in channels just running <laughs> just down. Totally. It was just like a waterfall right yeah. in the middle of the bottom of the Nard. Yeah, and they're like, huh, it's peeing. we should have thought of that. Yeah. The first oh, rainstorm. Damn. This is Florida. Huh. <laughs> Before we break, I have to mention... That so you know how James will go on completely inane rants yeah. yes. about things that don't matter. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Like so I just did. Yeah, yeah. No, but that was helpful. That was oh, interesting. Okay. It wasn't a rant either. You weren't angry. No. Yeah. Okay. I have to tell everyone about James's latest rant. This time it was about Southeast Asia. <laughs> I oh here's the thing. I don't remember what she's even saying. <laughs> I took notes in the moment so that I could really remember. <laughs> what did I say? Oh no. First of all, why is it there? <laughs> why is it so many things? Yeah, now I'm yeah, now I'm remembering. Indonesia, Malaysia, Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Be a thing or don't. Yeah. And why is it so wet? Pave it. Yeah. Or make it a water world park. Too many islands. Look at the map. It's so maddening. Too, simply too many islands. So what do you all think at home? Uh, what's your solution to James's Southeast Asia problem? Yeah. Basically from Indonesia all the way down to like Fiji. Don't need it. Scrap it. Make it all one thing. What about the people there? Here's, the, I mean, like recognize them. Just let's put some bridges between the islands. Okay. Let's like Okay. So you want to unite them. Unite them, make it a... Or pave it. Or pave it. Or pave it. Pave it over, let's... Or make a water world park. Specifically, (laughs) water world. As in, like, Kevin Costner water world? Yeah, like the one they have at Hollywood Studios. Like a a water world show. (laughs) Like like stuntmen pretending to reenact water world scenes. You do know that it's bigger than the map, right? Like, it's actually... That's even more my point. (laughs) How is that a country when I have to get on a boat and go for seven hours to the next island? That's not a country. <laughs> okay. That's a bunch of islands. Now you all know what I have to suffer with every day. There's a common theme here, guys. I'm trying to help you is what I'm trying to do. Mm. James is constantly trying to find similar things and just make it one thing just make there's it one. too many different types of things he wants to make consolidate one. yeah there's too many subcategories and sub music is infuriating <laughs> sub genres easy core have you ever heard refer to music as easy core no like hardcore but easy core okay so it's like hard music with a fun poppy element to it stop for your strong would be an easy core band look them up it's like Hardcore East Coast Boston straight edge guys with tattoos. But kind of friendly and positive. But like pop punk and they play Warp Tour. And, <laughs> Come on, guys, jump. <laughs> chugga, chugga, chuggas. 
A lot of palm mute. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Okie dokie, as James likes to say. Artichokey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were watching a movie the other day. Also, well, no, that was not Kevin Costner. Kevin Bacon <laughs> Kevin was in Bacon, it. Kevin Bacon, yeah. It was The Woodsman. Oh. Upsetting kind geez. of a movie. Have you seen that, Sarah? I can't remember. It's a very uncomfortable oh, movie. Well, let me tell you the story. See <laughs> okay. if this suits you for a nice movie night i'm like 99 sure i've seen it well you see it's about a guy that got out of prison Uh uh-huh he was in prison for 12 years or something quite a long time why was he in prison you ask because he's a humongous pedophile yes and uh the movie just is he is the star of the movie okay so that is your guy right you know in a movie you Uh follow a guy and root for a guy that's who we're supposed to root for. Okay. And it's like him. It is actually a better movie than I'll make. So it's it's an interesting question. Like, what do we do with these people who did something horrifying? Right. And are ostracized, ostracized from the public. And like, what do we do about that? He served his time. Mm-hmm. And now he's back. Mm-hmm. Trying to parole, integrate. Trying to have a job. And then everyone around him keeps finding out what he's done. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. Um, woo, doggies. So we're watching that. And then there's this part, I think, with Mostef. Yeah. Who plays a detective. Right. And he, he they're talking about Red Riding Hood and the wolf. Oh, yeah. And the whole, you know, cutting her out of the wolf. Uh-huh. And James is flabbergasted and says, oh, my God, is that what the story is about? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot that little detail of the story. So, first we're going to read the 1812 Brothers Grimm version of that story out loud, with Sarah voicing the part of the big bad wolf, and of course James voicing the part of sweet little Red Riding Hood. (laughs) Oh, good lord. That's Um, appropriate. Okay. Okay. I mean, all right. And then we're going to talk about the story beyond that a little bit. Okay. Once upon a time, there was a sweet little girl... Everyone who saw her liked her, but most of all, her grandmother, who did not know what to give the child next. Once she gave her a little cap made of red velvet. Because it suited her so well, she wanted to wear it all the time. She came to be known as Little Red Riding Hood. One day, her mother said to her, "'Come, Little Red Riding Hood, here is a piece of cake and a bottle of wine. Take them to your grandmother. She is sick and weak, and they will do her well.' Mind your manners and give her my greetings. Behave yourself on the way and do not leave the path or you might fall down and break the glass and then there will be nothing for your sick grandmother. Little Red Riding Hood promised to obey her mother. The grandmother lived out in the woods, a half hour from the village. When Little Red Riding Hood entered the woods, a wolf came up to her. She did not know what a wicked animal he was and was not afraid of him. Good day to you, Little Red Riding Hood. Thank you, Wolf. <laughs> Where are you going so early, Little Red Riding Hood? To Grandmother's. And what are you carrying under your apron? Grandmother is sick and weak, and I am taking her some cake and wine. We baked yesterday, and they should give her strength. <laughs> <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood, just where does your grandmother live? Her house is a good quarter hour from here in the woods. Under under the three large oak trees, there's a hedge of hazel bushes there. You must know the place, said Little Red Riding Hood. The wolf thought to himself, Now there is a tasty bite for me. Just how are you going to catch her? Then he said, Listen, Little Red Riding Hood, haven't you seen the beautiful flowers that are blossoming in the woods? Why don't you go and take a look? And I don't believe you can hear how beautifully the birds are singing. You are walking along as though you were on your way to school in the village. It is very beautiful in the woods. Little Red Riding Hood opened her eyes and saw the sunlight breaking through the trees and how the ground was covered with beautiful flowers. She thought, If I take a bouquet to my grandmother, she will be very pleased. Anyway, it is still early. And I'll be home on time. And she ran off into the woods looking for flowers. Each time she picked one, she thought that she could see an even more beautiful one a little way off. And she ran after it, going further and further into the woods. Idiot. But the wolf ran straight to the grandmother's house and knocked on the door. Who's there? (laughs) 
Little Red Riding Hood, I'm bringing you some cake and wine. Open the door for me. (laughs) Just press the latch, called out the grandmother. I'm too weak to get up. The wolf pressed the latch and the door opened. He stepped inside, went straight to the grandmother's bed and ate her up. Then he took her clothes, put them on, and put her cap on his head. He got into her bed and pulled the curtains shut. Little Red Riding Hood had run after flowers and did not continue on her way to grandmother's until she had gathered all that she could carry. When she arrived, she found, to her surprise, that the door was open. She walked into the parlor, and everything looked so strange that she thought, Oh my god, why am I so afraid? I usually like it at grandmother's. (laughs) God, I want to punch your version of her so hard. (laughs) Then she went to the bed and pulled back the curtains. Grandmother was lying there with her cap pulled down over her face and looking very strange. Oh, Grandmother, what big ears you have. All the better to hear you with. (laughs) Oh, Grandmother, what big eyes you have. All the better to see you with. Oh, Grandmother, what big hands you have. All the better to grab you with. (laughs) Oh, Grandmother... What a horribly big (laughs) mouth you have. All the better to eat you in. (laughs) And with that, he jumped out of bed, jumped on top of poor Little Red Riding Hood and ate her up. As soon as the wolf had finished this tasty bite, he climbed back into bed, fell asleep, and began to snore very loudly. Tell that tryptophan in her. (laughs) A huntsman was just passing by. He thought it strange that the old woman was snoring so loudly. Why? Why? Uh, so he decided to take a look. <laughs> she probably has sleep apnea. Yeah. He stepped inside, and in the bed there lay the wolf that he had been hunting for such a long time. He has eaten the grandmother, but perhaps she can still be saved. I won't shoot him, thought the huntsman. Yeah, that's so, how it works. Yeah. Instead, he took a pair of scissors, <laughs> scissors and cut open his belly. He had only cut a few strokes when he saw the red cap shining through. He cut a little more, and the girl jumped out and cried. Oh, I was so frightened. It was so dark inside the wolf's body. (sighs) And then the grandmother came out alive as well. Then Little Red Riding Hood fetched some very large, heavy stones. They filled the wolf's body with them, and when he woke up and tried to run away, the stones were so heavy that he fell down dead. That is a really messed up way to kill an animal believable also the cutting him open didn't do it yeah right okay the three of them were happy the huntsman took the wolf's pelt the grandmother ate the cake and drank the wine that little red riding hood had brought and little red riding hood thought to herself as long as i live i will never leave the path and run off into the woods by myself if mother tells me not to the end Good God. Yeah. I wrote that. did not know. I mean, I know the general story. So what's up? I've, I've heard different versions where they, where the huntsman puts stones into the wolf's body and then drowns Drown the wolf. Mm-hmm. Okay. This- Either way, that is such a weird, like, I got to keep the wolf from moving. So I'm just going to dump a bunch of stones in I wouldn't in think body. to do that. No, because you just cut it open. Why would he think I can save anyone who's been eaten by the wolf? That's not how you eat no. things. But it is in cartoons, you know? I mean... Like, you can light a fire inside a whale, according to Pinocchio. True. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, a ship down there. Right. Grandpa's been hanging out there for a while. Mm-hmm. It's a little apartment, basically, inside this whale. <laughs> so why not a wolf? It's like, a, it's like a studio apartment. I mean, how big was this wolf? He could fit two people fit inside two people. him? Yeah. It's yeah. a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Oh. Yeah. yeah, see? About not talking to strangers. Well, Little Red Riding Hood is a European fairy tale that is at least 400 years old, but yeah. likely has its roots in a great number of folk tales from many more hundreds of years ago, with variations coming from around the world. We know that it was told by French peasants in the 10th century, having been recorded by a local cathedral schoolmaster. In Italy, versions of the story were told by peasants in the 14th century under such titles as The False Grandmother or The Story of Grandmother. There's also a story from 16th century Taiwan known as Grand Aunt Tiger, (laughs) which has some noticeable similarities. 
In this story, there are two girls who are sisters. When the girl's mother goes out, the tigress comes to the girl's house and pretends to be their aunt, asking to come in. One girl says that the aunt's voice does not sound right, so the tigress attempts to disguise her voice. Then, the girl says that the aunt's hands feel too coarse, so the tigress attempts to make her paws smoother. How does that happen? (laughs) What? Lotion. (laughs) When finally the tigress gains entry, she eats the girl's sister's hand. The girl comes up with a ruse to go outside and fetch some food for her aunt. Grand Aunt Tiger, suspicious of the girl, ties a rope to her leg. The girl ties a bucket to the rope to fool her, but Grand Aunt Tiger realizes this and chases after her, whereupon she climbs into a tree. The girl tells the tigress that she will let her eat her, but first she would like to feed her some fruit from the tree. The tigress comes closer to eat the fruit, whereupon the girl pours boiling hot oil down her throat, killing her. Okay. So these early variations of the tale do differ quite a bit. The antagonist is not always a wolf, like with Grand Aunt Tiger. It is sometimes a werewolf, drawing obvious correlation to the werewolf trials of the time, such as the trial of uh, Peter Stump, who was a German farmer and alleged serial killer accused of werewolfery, (coughs) witchcraft, and cannibalism. He was known as the Werewolf of Bedburg. Whoa. So cool. there, he became a cautionary tale to children. In Werewolfery? That way. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's a new one for me. You don't yeah. know what that is? <laughs> one who werewolves. Get with it. <laughs> the act of werewolfing. Mm-hmm. The wolf antagonist usually leaves the grandmother's blood and flesh for Little Red Riding Hood to unknowingly cannibalize. Ah. The wolf was also known to ask the girl to remove her clothing and toss it into the fire. In some versions, the wolf eats the girl after she gets into bed with him, and the story ends there. In others, she sees through his disguise and tries to escape, complaining to her grandmother that she needs to defecate and would not wish to do so in her bed. There's a lot of weird variations on this story. Uh, Very, very weird. In this version, the wolf reluctantly lets her go, tied to a piece of string so that she can't get too far away. The girl slips the string over something else and runs off. In these stories, she escapes with no help from any male or older female figure, instead using her own cunning, or in some versions of the help of a younger boy whom she happens to run into. Sometimes, though more rarely, the Red Hood is even non-existent in that story altogether. Right. So in, it's just little riding hood? Yeah. Little girl little in, riding in the girl. woods. <laughs> Um, In other tellings, the wolf chases the girl who escapes with the help of some laundry maids who spread a sheet taut over the river so that she can escape, which is like very Looney Tunes logic. Yeah, that that don't work. That don't work. (laughs) That wolf don't hunt. That wolf don't hunt. (laughs) When the wolf follows Red over the bridge of cloth, the the sheet is released and the wolf drowns in the river. And in another version, the wolf is pushed into the fire while he is preparing the flesh of the grandmother to be eaten by the girl. (laughs) Good God. God. (laughs) These old tales, man. (laughs) The story has obviously evolved a lot over countless retellings. The earliest known printed versions can be traced back to two famous iterations. Charles Perrault's Le Petit Chaperon Rouge from sometime in the 1600s and the Brothers Grimm adaptation that we just read. Perrault's version features Little Red Riding Hood as a, quote, attractive, well-bred young lady, a village girl of the country being deceived into giving a wolf she encountered the information he needed to find her grandmother's house and eat the old woman, while at the same time avoiding being noticed by woodcutters working in the nearby forest. Then he proceeded to lay a trap for Little Red Riding Hood, who ends up being asked to climb into the bed before being eaten by the wolf where the story ends. The wolf emerges the victor of the encounter, and there is no happy ending. Oh, I kind of like that version. (laughs) So what is, like, what's the point of those stories? Because there's usually, you know, like, a lot of organized religion, especially, like, Roman Catholic religion in Europe, too, had a lot to do with, like, controlling the populace. That was a lot of it. You know, like, respecting authority. Mm-hmm. You know, that was... I mean, it's in the Bible to, like, uh, the law of the land or something right. to that effect. Um, and a lot of these tales have a similar point to them. 
Mm-hmm. Like, well, so what is Little Red Riding Hood? Is it about just simply not talking to strangers or listening to your mom? Listening to listening your parents? Listening to an adult that's telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Because although... back then there's probably way more consequences for kids not listening to their parents. Like, there's yeah. not a lot of help and resources like there are today, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Charles Perrault explicitly states the moral of his version of the story at the end of his story. Mm. He wrote, quote, From this story, one learns that children, especially young lasses, pretty, courteous, and well-bred, do very wrong to listen to strangers. And it is not an unheard-of thing if the wolf is thereby provided with his dinner. I say wolf, for all wolves are not of the same sort. There is one kind with an amenable disposition, neither noisy, nor hateful, nor angry, but tame, obliging, and gentle, Mm. following the young maids in the streets, even into their homes. Alas, who does not know that these gentle wolves are of all such creatures the most dangerous? Right. So it's like listening to your mom is in one of them, but also just like... Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Yeah. That that nice guy trying to buy you a drink. Yep. Could be a... Could be a roofie. That guy offering to take you home. Could be an R word. Mm-hmm. Now, what R word am I talking about? Want to take a guess? Republican? <laughs> There's two other options. Oh. Are you a bad person? You're going to say one of them? No. No. Rapist. Yes. Oh, what word were you thinking? Huh? The story as a whole also (laughs) displays similarities to Greek and Roman myths. Ah. One notable scholar compared the story to a local Greek legend in which each year a virgin girl was offered to a malevolent spirit dressed in the skin of a wolf who then raped the girl. Yeah, see the R word. Then one year a boxer came along, slew the spirit, and married the girl who had been offered as a sacrifice. The Roman poet... Horace alludes to a tale in which a male child is rescued alive from the belly of uh, Lamia. Lamia, I don't know. And labia. O- it's pronounced labia. Yep. Thank you, James. Sorry. <laughs> Who uh, was an ogress in classical mythology. So it's there's yeah. a lot of very similar, potentially, part of the evolution. Yeah. And like some cultures, uh, like a lot of Native American cultures, being being an adult... Like, kids were told to just do as you're told from all adults. Mm-hmm. There, it, I mean, obviously, like, parents, parental figures were always the most authority, as it should be. But not all cultures are the same. And, and I don't, that's, that's interesting. Because a lot of these stories, it's bigger than just what's on the surface. I would imagine some of this does have to do with, you know, like, an adult is reading these stories more often than a child is. So they're really talking to the adult. You know, like, also you do as you're told. You also listen to authority. Yeah, it's about listening to your parent, but there's, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be a little bit more. Follow the rules. Follow the rules. Yeah. Especially in whatever year that was done. Yeah, 1600s. Yeah. In that case. Um, Apart from the overt warning about talking to strangers, there are many interpretations of the classic fairy tale, and many of them are sexual. Mm. Of course. Many folklorists and cultural anthropologists point out the connection to solar myths and other naturally occurring cycles. Her red hood could represent the bright sun, which is ultimately swallowed by the terrible night, i.e. the wolf. And the variations in which she is cut out of the wolf's belly represent the dawn. In this interpretation, there is a connection between the wolf of this tale and Skull, the wolf in Norse mythology that will swallow the personified sun during Ragnarok. Alternatively, the tale could also be about the season of spring or the month of May, like escaping the dangers of winter. Mm -hmm. The tale has also been interpreted as a puberty rite. The girl leaving home enters a liminal state and by going through the acts of the tale is transformed into an adult woman by emerging from the wolf's stomach. Wow. There are also obvious negative connotations regarding sexual assault and or abduction. Many modern retellings focus on female empowerment and depict Little Red Riding Hood or the grandmother successfully defending herself against the wolf. Then there are the similarities to famous animal bridegroom tales, such as Beauty and the Beast or the fo- the Frog Prince. I, I animal bridegroom. Yes, that's a genre. It's like Dexter. I'll marry that guy. 
<laughs> yeah, you would. Um, so, and obviously the frog prince being the source material for the princess and the frog. Right. Right. Um, regardless of the actual origins, the Brothers Grimm further rever- revised their version of the story in 1857. It is noticeably tamer than the older stories, which contained those darker themes. And that has been a trend ever since. In almost all of the later versions, there are less gruesome outcomes, and the story itself is more family-friendly. For instance, sometimes the grandmother is merely locked in the closet instead of eaten alive, or Little Red Riding Hood is saved by the woodsman before the wolf eats her. In the 20th century, the popularity of the tale exploded, and many new versions emerged, including Disney's. Um, particularly in the wake of Freudian analysis and the emergence of feminist critical theory. All of these things have helped transform it. This trend has also led to a number of academic texts being written about this topic and why we're so addicted to this particular story, what that says about us and society as a whole. It's a pretty universal story. Like it it applies, I think, in all times and for all people. Mm-hmm. Have you guys Crazy. seen that movie Hoodwinked? No, uh, it's not so. by Disney. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's an animated. Thing? Yeah, Mm-mm. it's a. Sounds familiar. Yeah, kind of um, a similar thing. It's a play on that story, right? Well, I mean that just goes to show, like it. Yeah, it's a popular story. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, looking it up, up right now. It's 2005. Um, oh, it's Weinstein. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Well, that's very fitting. Oh, Patrick Warburton plays the big, big Bad Wolf. Cute. Anne Hathaway's Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. Glenn Close is the granny. Jim Belushi is the woodsman. Huh. And others. And the Weinsteins are the producers. <laughs> yeah. Looks terrible. And Corey Edwards plays Twitchy. Twitchy. <laughs> oh, you know Twitchy. Where the hell Twitchy is? <laughs> well, the story is clearly as relevant as ever, and I found a very special modern version that truly encompasses the spirit of the original folk tale. Ooh. We now bring you Hood. By our favorite fanfic writer, <gasps> Miss Glittery Miss Stars. Miss Glittery Stars. She's back. Wow. So pull your thing back up. Oh, oh, <laughs> we get to participate. I just yes. read the the one line description of it. Yeah, James, tell us what the one line description of this fanfic is. Okay, by Miss Glittery Stars. Quote: A gangsta version of Red Riding Hood. Oh no, gangsta with an A. Let me know when you're ready. Oh, I'm never going to be ready for this. Am Let's I do still it. the same color yep, you're assignment? You're still blue. Yep. Okay. What's my voice, Doc? Uh, you feel it in the moment. Word. Once upon a time, there lived a young shorty named Red Riding Hood. But because she was so straight up gangsta, she just went by Hood. <laughs> she lived with her drug addict mother in the roughest, toughest part of town where bitches were tripping and hoes wandered the streets. <laughs> Oh, I'm so on board. Pimps and sugar daddies were also chilling. Yeah, Hood and her mama lived in the ghetto. So one day, (laughs) Hood's mom baked some weed brownies and said to Hood, Child, get your ass up in this kitchen! (laughs) Hood wandered into the kitchen smoking a joint and replied, What you want, foo? Take these weed brownies to grandma! You mean (laughs) G-Unit? I mean your grandma. What the fuck? Calm down, bitch. Don't trip. (laughs) So Hood's mother packed up everything and told Hood to go. Hood put on her blang blang and her gangsta cap and was on her way. Along the way, she passed by a lot of hoes drinking and smoking and they were grinding up (laughs) against their pimps. Hood even saw some people having sex in the alley. Aw, shit, Doug! Exclaimed Red as she went to go film it. (laughs) Shouldn't you be getting those weed brownies to your grandma? Asked a hooker. Shut up and go get fucked! Snapped Hood. (laughs) So Hood continued along until she came across a suburban neighborhood. Aw, shit, son! Exclaimed Hood as she carefully made her way through this strange part of town. 
She made her way through, and then she ended up in another ghetto. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a wolf appeared in a huge car with huge wheels and fuzzy pink dice. Yo, girl, he called to Hood. How you doing? Asked Red. Girl, you selling weed brownies? (laughs) Nah, I'm giving these to my grandma. The wolf stepped out of his car where bitches and smoke and money and champagne all fell out. (laughs) Just ignore that. Let me buy you a drink, shoddy. The wolf was dressed like a pimp with a funky hat and a pimp coat and a pimp stick. (laughs) Whoa, you are a pimp, sucker. (laughs) Yeah, I am, bitch. (laughs) Sorry, gotta go. I got homies waiting for me. So Hood continued on her way. God damn, gotta give me some weed, cried the wolf. (laughs) The wolf thought for a moment and then remembered. That grandma owes me money. I'm gonna go get my money and then give me some weed. The wolf got into his car and drove away. The end. Yay! Oh, Miss Glittery Stars. Oh, Miss Glittery Stars. You never fail to amuse. (laughs) Man, author of our time. Yeah, and if you don't remember or if you are newer to the show just look for the fanfic episodes she yeah. is all over them she she's a real talent um also has never been to the ghetto no or met a gangster no oh, no or used any kind or of cannabis done anything no. yeah never seen a pimp that's for sure i got some weed a pimp stick <laughs> a pimp yeah stick a pimp coat and a pimp stick yeah a pimp stick Cool, man. Not a cane. Not a cane. Not a cane. A stick. A pimp stick. Right. Well, that was cool. a beautiful, beautiful story that she told, and it's just as relevant as ever, and the same <laughs> morals yeah. still apply. Love it. Well, my sources for this episode, so all of the research was from Wikipedia, so there, that's just that. Um, the Grim story was read directly from GrimStories.com, and the fanfic was read directly from Fanfiction.net. Go check out Miss Glittery Stars. Love it, man. What a crazy story. Also, to add to some of the the resource or source material, there's a YouTuber called John Solo, J-O-N-S-O-L-O, and he's got a series called Messed Up Origins. He's a really uh, prominent YouTuber. I had never heard of him until I looked up Little Red Riding Hood on YouTube, and it was one of the first things that came up. Anyway, yeah, he does these series about very similar things, like messed up... uh, origins of of popular stories and folklore and the video that he did on this subject is really well done it's it's crazy like there are so many variations of the story and it just gets wackier and wackier the further back you go <laughs> or the further forward you go or the, yeah, yeah <laughs> all the way up to... it was perfect right <laughs> about the time that like what yeah the Grimm brothers? Yeah, I think... Well, no, that was pretty fucked up. Yeah. Well, apparently... Somewhere after Grimm, Disney before Glittery it. Stars. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to yeah. say. Disney, maybe as Weinstein. usual... Disney, as usual... <laughs> yeah, maybe Weinstein. Um, Disney, as usual, takes these old stories and kind of mashes them up and, and combines them with other things. And apparently, Silly Symphony is a mashup of the story. And inspired by the, inspired by the Little Red Riding Hood... And sort of mashed and squeezed into the three little pigs. Somehow that's a, a combination. That's what that story is. Yeah. And the Little Red Riding Hood short from Disney is from the year 1922. Yeah. Wow. Fun. Fun times. All right. We would like to recommend some crap to you. Yay. Um, my recommendation this week is the movie Bullet Train. Yeah. Um, fun. Saw it at the Edgefield Theater. Nice. Last weekend, and I was laughing through the whole thing, and I wasn't even drunk yet. Yeah. So <laughs> I just got to say that Brad Pitt has continued to earn my respect. Everything he makes is just getting funnier, and mm-hmm. he d- he so doesn't take himself seriously in so many of these roles. Yeah, older Brad Pitt rules. Oh, God. He's, He's he great. is so funny. So funny. And everyone in that movie there's a whole thing about thomas the tank engine oh yeah and this guy he's one of the one of the <laughs> criminals basically and yeah. he's like he uses thomas the tank engine as his like i don't know yeah his the uh, way he identifies types of people yep. it's like the everything i need to know about life i learned from kindergarten but yeah. he learned it from thomas, thomas the, the tank, tank engine, engine. 
So he'll like call someone a Percy or mm-hmm. a Diesel or a Diesel. It, it's so funny. I'm not a fucking Diesel. <laughs> but I mean, it's not a serious movie. Go in knowing that it is goofball, but lots and, of like, action, action, ridiculous amount of blood. Yeah, uh, it's. It's funny. Oh, it's great. It was really, really well done. I remember it's one of those movies where I saw the trailer and I remember thinking, like, uh, I mean, all right, yeah, you know, generic action movie. Exactly. It is, it is better than it should be. It's so much funnier than I expected it to be. Totally. I thought it was going to be much more of a like, like a crime drama kind of thing with funny yeah. moments. No. No, it was good. Well, cool. Glad yeah. you liked it. Mom, really dad liked, liked it a lot too. Yeah cool um oh and i recommend eating reese's pieces while eating it well, so you yeah. can have the same experience i did that makes sense okay it's an overlooked candy by the way oh not to me not to you huh not overlooked i you're talking about the little i look at it a lot like like, like et <laughs> uh-huh yeah we look at it pieces. in your hand as it's going into your mouth hole. and i always eat them two at a time in color pairs. In color right. pair. Yeah. Always. It's a very Ashley thing to do. I have the dumbest and most useless OCD. Right. And it's not like they taste different, the colors. No. No. You, If you had your eyes closed, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. But I know if I put an orange and a yellow in my mouth at the same time, I'm off balance. You're off balance. It feels wrong. Hey, what do we think about the fact that Skittles brought back lime? I love it. Love I it. hate it. You like I the green apple. I hate the green apple. I like the green apple. The lime tastes like pine saw. And I cannot wait to have that in my mouth. I like them both. It's my childhood. I just like Skittles. You know what I really wish? Is that M&M's would ditch the blue and bring back the tan. Word. Mm-hmm. Word. That's a hot take. That's I know. a hot take. I, I remember that, when though. they were doing the whole voting on it. We were in high school and you could call the M&M's hotline to vote. <laughs> and oh, it was wow. between pink, purple, and blue. And blue won. And blue won. I voted for purple hard. That didn't happen can't always get what you want i'm glad it wasn't pink though all right well i'm going to <laughs> this is highly encouraged from my wife ash you guys know her producer ash she's sitting across from me um <laughs> this is a movie i guess it's more of a non-recommendation mm-hmm. right ash yeah now i want to preface this with i still want to see the movie ashley because it won Academy Awards. Gary Oldman won Best Actor for this. I love Gary Oldman. Who, Who doesn't? doesn't? Who doesn't? Right? Now, hold on. Now, in this movie, Darkest Hour is the name of the film, Gary Oldman, who we all just admit we all love, plays Winston Churchill, who was the Prime Minister of England during World War II. That feels like a stretch. Right. Well, th- this is part of the problem, Sarah. There, <laughs> there, he is wearing a, a, a hysterical fat suit. Oh, like, okay. So much like jowls. Yeah. And Ashley, do you want to do a nice little accent for us? Well, you do your best. Winston let me just Churchill? add that it reminds me of Fat Bastard from yes. Austin Powers. Yes, totally. It's, it's very, very fat. That's suit. what I'm picturing. Very heavily inspired by Fat Bastard. <laughs> um. Well, so. <sighs> We made it, what, like five? If no, that. I think it was like two minutes in. Two minutes in. And <laughs> it was as soon as he entered the picture. I know Ashley so well. The first. <laughs> he's Yeah, so we open with he's in bed. He's in bed. He's being fed the fattest, full greasiest English looking full English in bed. You know what a full oh, English is? Oh, I yeah, sure do. Okay. While smoking and drinking. Yeah. And he's coughing because he's <laughs> fat and disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And just there's okay. a whole lot of. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> and. We tried. We tried. We tried. We tried. I looked at her and she's like, I can't fucking I can't do, this. do it. I can't do this. And you have to understand that I've been trying to put this movie on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It won Academy Award. It's supposed to be incredible. Who Winston, doesn't love the story of totally like Winston Churchill is one of the most iconic historical figures in history. Right. He prevented basically not just England but Western Europe from falling to the Nazis. His leadership alone was so imperative and powerful 
England was being bombed and he would get on the radio every night and do these long, powerful speeches to his countrymen uh-huh. about like, we can make it through this time, blah, blah, blah. We couldn't make it. I couldn't minutes. do it. Because <laughs> we're assholes. So the recommendation, I guess, is more about, well, I don't know what it is. It's to don't watch that with me. Yeah, just know what you're getting into. Okay. Right? Okay. Or wear a fat suit and like do something fun. Cosplay. While that's going, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I need to watch it alone. Yeah. Because if it's happening, I'm just going to hear it to the left of me groans and she'll just be doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I have something on on theme to share with you then. All right. Well, that reminds me of a video that I saw on Instagram the other day and sent to my sister. It's perfect for this. I should tell you everything you need to know. So it's, the video is of a woman like doing a loom and it looks like very millennial kind of Like, it's going to give you some life advice. Yeah. Sometimes I feel lonely and depressed. But then I think of what Winston Churchill once said. At any rate, that is what we're going to try to do. (laughs) (laughs) I can't decide for one goddamn word he said. So it cuts to a picture of Winston Churchill and that written out the way it sounds. Yeah. It's like when we did the whole, how do you... Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> uh, we need to do that again. Yeah. A drawing contest. Um, one last thing I'll say on that is it here's here's the recommendation is like hmm the these movies are great, they're important, and I want to give it a try because <laughs> there's a fine line with me, like a movie like The King's Speech. Boy, is that a close one. Yeah, it's where close. You almost just go, I can't do it. He's mumbling and bumbling around like a Hey, British you know turd. who goes way over that line? Who? The movie Florence Foster Jenkins. Oh. Oh. I was Oh, fuck that movie. Livid in the theater. <laughs> I have no idea what that oh, movie is. Literally. Go for it, Ash. I, I do Like it's like the terrible Mickey that I hate, but it's <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna play the trailer. What's it called again? Florence Foster Jenkins. Florence Foster. I've never She's even a, heard of this. A really rich woman that is has a terrible singing voice, but she swears that she's like a opera singer. And it's and played it's, by Meryl Streep. Yeah. And oh. Hugh Grant. And yeah, Hugh Grant is like her enabler. Oh, that's the other thing. That <laughs> she's just a rich ar- aristocrat British like elite person uh-huh and everyone's just sucking she that tea to learn, all the time she uh-huh. wants to learn how to sing but she's the worst singer like she has no totally tone deaf okay and no that's not that she just wants to learn how to sing she wants to record herself singing yes. she wants to be a she singer she thinks she already yes. knows how to sing and so everyone around her is just saying yes yeah mm-hmm. they're just yes men and they just enable and we're supposed rich, to love her and i don't know her, why and i don't know why so it's sort of like Michael Jackson in the pedophilia room. Yeah. Pizza rooms. Rooms. <laughs> Gardens. Okay, let's see if the trailer... We're going to make a recording. Already. Wonderful bunny. I try another taste. Well, I don't see why. That seemed perfect to me. Hello. When I was 16 years old, my father told me that if I didn't give up music, he'd cut me off. Of course, he didn't understand. Music is my life. Cosme McMoon? That's me, sir. Maestro, this is the talented young man I was telling you about. And let's get started. <laughs> She's remarkable, isn't she? She can't be a Can you imagine Ashley in the theater? No. medical science. Maestro, do you think I'm ready? She almost loves Expand your diaphragm, Florence. <laughs> If you all could see Ash's face right now, she took her headphones off so she didn't have to hear it through the headphones. I mean, you get the idea. And it's like this charming, lovely movie, except the main character you hate, 
and she's really annoying and everyone's enabling this rich elite turd who thinks she can sing and she can't. That's the point. It's like no one around her is going, this may not be for you. Right. You can literally right. do anything else. You're a millionaire. Right. Ugh. Why don't you try <laughs> writing? Yeah, anything. Painting. Whoa. <laughs> so your media recommendation is don't watch The Darkest Hour with me and fuck that movie. And fuck that movie. And be yeah, just be careful watching historical British movies because... <laughs> They'll get you. There's a common theme with all three of those. <laughs> Bumbling, limey turds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey. Well, the animal hero of the week is really two animals. And this is something that I found on Reddit in the subreddit, Animals Being Bros, which is always great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good good category. There's a, um, a thing. It was like a tweet that says, in 2012, a stray cat randomly entered a home in Wales where a blind dog was living and, after sensing the dog's disability, became its personal guide. No. The cat learned to direct and nudge the dog away from obstacles and would protect it while they were out on walks. No. Oh, here they are. Oh, my God. I mean, that's a Disney movie. And the cat is named Putty Tat. <laughs> and the dog was named... Sorry. He's big. The big dog. The cat is named Putty Tat, and the dog is named Turville, and he is blind and partially deaf. Oh, no. Mm. And she's just a good girl. Yeah. Or a good boy. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't Putty matter. Tat. They're good. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's all I got. That's cool. So that's the duo. That's the duo. Well, we did it, guys. We did it. We did it. Another one. Thanks for listening to another episode of Disney Dependent. See, See you real, real soon. soon. Bye. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WR Hatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back here next week. <laughs>